In the beginning, there was nothing but Yogg. The primordial chaos, the swirling void of malice and madness that predates all. The six gods created the earth as a prison to contain the evil and immensity of Yogg. Then they abandoned their creation and entrusted mortals with its care. But Yogg is patient. It awaits only the day when it will rupture the earth and plunge all creation into another eternity of terror and darkness. From its stronghold in the land of Yoggoth, the Black Star enlists mortals towards its sinister ends. Those benighted souls who choose to serve who heed that dark calling, are the world's worst, monstrous, ghoulish, deceitful, and ravenous. They are our heroes. All Hail Yogg is a D&D actual play evil campaign brought to you by the creators of Experience Points. In All Hail Yogg, our rotating cast of villains are the fell servants of a Dark Lord, and must travel the realms of Undune to enact Yogg's evil upon the Earth. This adventure is called The Watchtower, and will last about ten episodes. When it's finished, there'll be a new adventure, with a new party of villains. All Hail Yogg is also brought to you by our patrons. If you like the show, please consider joining our Patreon. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash xpwebseries. And now, on with the show. The adventure begins on the 27th of Mutsen, year 895, in the Fourth Age of Ondoon. This is The Watchtower, Episode 1. Under the Sign of the Six... A priest hears confession. One by one the sinners shuffle into the confessional, murmur their transgressions, and are rewarded with absolution. The kindly priest hears each of them out, warns them never to stray into wickedness, and sends them on their way. Then, as evening falls... One last sinner comes to confess. From the moment he opens his mouth, the priest knows there's something different about this one. He trembles in a way none of the others did, and takes twice as much gentle encouragement to coax his sin from him. What does the man confess? If but I could cleanse away the things I've done, if if I could, I would. But I know, I know, I know. They will make me do it again. They, they, they're even here, in you, lying within your heart. So, red and beating with hope, 
You're wrong, too. He's here. She's here. I know not what she looks like, or he. They all are, Yog. Yog is all. I... I can't... I can't... Screaming parishioners stumble over themselves to flee the rampage. The modest country chapel snaps and cracks beneath the monster's fury. In the midst of the carnage, there comes a new flash of green as the symbol, an eldritch star burnt into the gargoyle's palm, thrums with power. To the monster, the smoke that boils from its talon is sweet relief, but to the man, it is dread incarnate. When the creature is gone, evaporated by the smoke, the priest crawls from the wreckage and, with quivering lips, prays to the six for protection against demons. Borem mutath novis, Borem mutath novis, Borem mutath novis. At a midnight masquerade gathers the very worst of Yoggoth High Society. They flit like carrion flies about a Baroque ballroom, intriguing and backbiting over goblets of innocent blood. The night is yet young, and the bacchanal only begun. One after another, the guests are announced and make their ostentatious entrances, each regalia more ridiculous than the last. The countess is clothed in living spiders. The marquis's mask burns with hellish flame. Then a new name is announced, a single unadorned syllable, like a god's name, and a hush of anticipation falls over the gala. What does this entrance look like? The doors swing open. The audience would see a, a very tall human skeleton dressed in, um, dressed ironically in like good wizard robes, but there's like, there's a, they're very affected in their cut, you know, it's like clearly like a, a statement, you know, um, I meant to make a splash in this evil ball, um, win his three retainers as well. What well, one of them is, uh, an old skeleton carrying a very heavy suitcase full of clothing. And, uh, another is a tiefling with delusions of supermodelhood. Uh, and a Duragar who's uh, dressed in like business formal for the occasion. I think he just holds his arms out sort of akimbo as the arcane flash bulbs just like, you know, uh, glimmer. Uh, I think he immediately makes a beeline for the most influential or attractive person in the room to schmooze. Across the very same ballroom, an undead waiter makes their rounds armed with a tray of gruesome hors d'oeuvres. A gloved hand, distinctly feminine, reaches to delicately claim the last eyeball canapé when it suddenly slides, seemingly of its own accord, across the tray and into the glowing hand of a tiefling viscount. 
Attired as a loathsome and demonic toad, the corpulent Viscount makes a witless joke at the expense of the gloved woman, inspiring a chorus of tittering laughter from his cluster of sycophants. Then he pops the little delicacy into the yawning maw of his toad mask and returns to his gossip, leaving the gloved woman to stew across the room. How does the gloved woman react? You see her delicate glove kind of raise up as you see her fingers move slightly as the toad mask then suddenly does not no longer a mask. She transforms his head into this hellish tiefling-esque toad face and now all of his friends in terror shriek and, and leave his side as he is left standing there. From opposite ends of the room, two bursts of blistering green flash in perfect synchronicity. Etched onto the back of the skeleton's skull, and over the closed left eye of the witch, is an eldritch star traced in viridian light, and now smoldering with thick black smoke. The two of them, the skeleton and the dark elf make brief eye contact across the party before the smoke swallows them entire. Once both are gone, the room bursts into rapturous applause, the guests gushing about how that was the most sensational thing to happen all gala season. A shadow skims across an arctic sea. This shadow has wide wings, and when it passes over the faint and distant sun, all the world below goes dark as an eclipse. It skirts between the flows and icebergs that speckle this frozen waste before it ascends in lazy spirals around a particularly towering glacier, a pinnacle of ice. Then... The shadow spots something in the water. Reefing its tremendous wings, it plummets in a nosedive and explodes the still surface of the sea when it submerges. The foam dissipates. The waves settle. The sea calms. Then, without warning, something bursts up from below. What emerges from the water? A coal-black dragon beats its wings as the waves erupt around it, half of a whale hanging from its mouth. It chomps down, the tail splashes back to the ocean below, and the dragon devours the half that's in its mouth before letting out a roar. As it rends and tears at the bloody flesh of the whale, there comes a greenish glint to the dragon's eye. In place of a pupil, there glows a sorcerous symbol. An eldritch star plumes enough black smoke to smother and swallow the dragon. When a brisk arctic breeze finally banishes that smoke, nothing remains save a few bloody gobbets of meat that drop into the icy sea. So the four of you appear in four fountains of black flame all in the same location at all exactly the same time. 
most of you have been here at least once, but to refresh you, it is a chamber of sort of swirling black and green stone. It's very unnatural in the way that it's been shaped. It almost looks like the stone was kind of twisted and tortured into this position. Large sort of luminous cathedral-like space, but three of the walls are kind of have been knocked out, and you can see that you are very, very high up, hundreds of feet above the surface of the earth. And looking out in all directions, you see just a, a wasted landscape. You see brooding mountains and, and a blasted heath and a great yawning open fissures here and there, licentious cities. Well, they're, they're pluming out horrible toxins into the, into the sky. Most of you would recognize this probably as your home, at least two of you. This is the land of Yoggoth. This is the sort of central point of Yogg's power on the earth. In this chamber, you can see while three of the walls have been knocked out, directly in front of you, there is a huge version of the symbol that is decorating your body somewhere. The mark of Yogg's burnt into the stone. Below that is a throne, sort of sculpted from the stone in the same way the rest of the chamber has. But the throne is currently empty. And there are a pair of shackles that hang from the arms of the throne down, but they're kind of rusted and old from disuse. All four of you sort of burst into the room at the same time. So, in the burst crackle of green smoke and fire, uh, we see the beast that Eric transformed into, the abomination. And immediately, as though from outside of this creature, a power comes over the abomination and is held in the air and slowly and painfully reverts back into Eric. And with his own free will, he knows the drill. <laughs> he gets down on all fours, his head down. In the painful reversion back to Eric, you see that Eric has greasy black hair that hasn't been cleaned in a while, but with a couple of shocks of gray and silver, he's clearly been through a lot. He's shaved on the sides, so it's just this mop up top, and he's wearing just like peasant's clothing. It's just dirty rags that have been ripped apart multiple times. But the most distinct feature that you can find on his body, for sure, is in the palm of his hand, his right hand, there is the mark of Yogg. And he places that outward. As he gets down on fours, he lifts up his one right hand and holds it towards where he believes his lord will come. Perfect. You are in one corner, Eric, and then appearing at the same time opposite you on the side of the room is? Ernst. Ernst. Ernst is uh, is my character's name. My name's Alan. Uh, I'll be playing Ernst today. What you see is human skeleton dressed as a good wizard, sort of ironically. I have a fake beard. I have the the pointy hat with the kink. Yeah. Is it stars and moons? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stars and it's very like uh, Fantasia. Yeah, you know? that's wonderful. Um, uh, yeah, silly, it. brightly colored robe. Yes. You know. Um, is how's the beard attached? Because it's probably not a stupid not elastic, elastic cord, right? Well, like it's like dark elastic. It's like <laughs> dark elastic. It, it's it's like Evil. made. It's like unethically sourced. It's like it's it's definitely a good it's a, a good aligned animal product. I think. <laughs> made um, from puppies or whatever. Yeah, it's it's bad. Oh my and god. Very expensive. Evil e e elastic. I guess is probably what you'd have to do. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. He okay. works in evil elastic. Evil elastic. Great. Um, like he doesn't have a any skin on his face, so expression is kind of hard to. Yeah. Visualize, but he he does seem by his body language like embarrassed to be dressed this way in this place. <laughs> You're not expecting, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then he looks over and sees the the like tattered rags, and he, he like visibly untenses a little bit. And right. um, <laughs> You're not the worst uh, dressed in the room. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, he looks around. I think he's been here before, I bet, at some point in the past. Kind of follows suit, gets prostrate, and bows so that the, the back of his skull is like mm. visible. I you like know, that. Like yeah. forehead touching the floor. Uh, I feel like like it's that thing where it's almost like Chewbacca, where all of your like body language is in like your head tilts and the way you kind of like there's no express, just the mouth. He's open. had to develop it so he can be understood. Yeah, I exactly. Think, yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> you also have none of your retainers. You're here alone. The retainers were not brought with you. Yeah. All right. Um, the, the, the like irritation is visible in your bony frame. Yeah. So then behind Eric, sort of a diagonal from Ernst, appears in a burst of black flame. My name is Emily Rose Jacobson. I'm playing Narcine Baratil, who is a noble drow witch. Ooh. What does she look like? She is still elegantly dressed in deep, deep, rich purples accented with gold, and she's her ball gown is still just intact and gorgeous. And yeah, she looks over at these two and is kind of, well, all right. Uh, <laughs> see that I am the best dressed one here. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Shade yes, thrown immediately. She, yeah, she's got like little hair adornments and everything. And as she kneels, she kind of like curtsies down and like the skirt billows yeah. around her like in a big old poop. I'm imagining like a bustle. Like a bustle. Like is a it, bustle. Yeah, is oh, it yeah. like an evil stepsister bustle? Like oh, a Cinderella? Cool. Yeah. That's what I was imagining too. Perfect. Uh, definitely, yes. Up to the nines. She kneels and curtsies down. She kind of pulls back her hair, which has been covering her left oh, eye. That's and awesome. On her left eyelid, you see the sigil of Yogg yeah, as she is. looks mm. onto the throne. Perfect. And then next to Narsene, it appears in a burst of black flame. Um, it's much larger burst of flame than the <laughs> other three bursts of flame, but uh, what, what sort of creature emerges from the smoke? Uh, I am Megan. I will be playing Scuola Catamarinos. Uh, Skora is fine, guys. Skora. So, <laughs> is a white dragon who just happens to be coal black. I guess she was probably mid-roar. Sure. Oh, yeah, so the second here. half of the roar, like, so the roar is like, echoing yeah. um, Bless anyone who didn't jump. And she looks around dramatically, trying to re-get her bearings. She had been flying, so to suddenly thump to the ground is a bit startling for her as well. Uh, after looking to her left and to her right, her eye slowly drifts where the uh, sigil is in her pupil, slowly drifts to the front of the room where the altar area. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I feel like maybe there's also a certain amount of like um, viscera like still in your teeth. Oh, so there's yeah. like big whale bits. <laughs> yeah, like just blubbery. Like, yeah, like, just <laughs> guts splatter onto the stone. As she huffs a little bit from the work of yeah, flying, the, the you guys exertion. might get sprayed a little bit. Oh. Yeah, license four, plate. Four <laughs> the tires and boots. Uh, <laughs> what kind of whale you got with a license plate on it? So for context, for listeners and for players, uh, to give you a size idea here, uh, she is not your ordinary dragonborn. This is a quadruped, full wings. She's roughly the size of a small elephant. She's about eight feet at the shoulder and about 16 feet long. Um, white dragons are normally white. Obviously, you're black. So she's got the one big frill up the top is kind of mm. what they look like. Otherwise, big wings, big claws, big tail. Um, and just and she's right behind you, or it's, 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 you just, just roar. No, I, I look like between my feet. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And just roaring and spitting. The roar echoes in the chamber, and you can kind of feel the stone vibrate, and then it goes quiet. And there's a long moment of silence. Now, for those of you who have been here before, if you look towards that throne, you know that there would normally be a person sitting in that throne. Yogg does not have a physical form in the traditional sense, so what Yogg has done ever since it was unleashed about 800 years ago is that it occupies a mortal being and uses that as their spokesperson. It's a, they call it the vessel. And the vessel of Yogg was an elven wizard 
that hundreds of years ago was initially unleashed Yogg and then was possessed by this entity. So normally the vessel is chained there whenever Yogg needs to enter into it to speak or give orders, it does so. There is no vessel there currently. So you're kind of off protocol at this point. You're not sure exactly what you're doing here if Yogg is not there. How would your characters react when you sort of like arrive at work and no one is there? What's the deal? How do you, and you see these other people here, you have kind of like a, a little window of time to interact. Eric is a little unnerved that he has yet to be welcomed by the menacing grace that is Yogg. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah. he's just like, don't look up, Eric. Just wait. Don't move. This is a test. They'll right be there. here. I'm being tested. <laughs> I know I am. She's just kind of <laughs> muttering and shaking over there in the corner. Uh, what about Narsene? She put up a, a quick little ward around mm. her dress just to make sure there was no blood on it. <laughs> yeah. So she's taken down that ward. And she's also kind of transformed her outfit back into much more of her of her work attire, which oh, is still okay. still very much a dress, but not like her she's gonna put that ball gown in its yeah. in its, its proper uh, place. Spectoral yeah, yeah. wardrobe. <laughs> like a spectral <laughs> like wardrobe. wardrobe. I'm gonna hang put it back, back up. in there, yeah. put my, my, my dress clothes <laughs> on, my, my work wear. Like um, anyone else they're pretty much the same. Like they're still super frilly and nice, but you know the difference, yes, right? Um, <laughs> she has outfits her every day, uh, she turns over to Ernst. I was hoping I was going to at least get more of a meal before something like this would have happened. Did you try the hors d'oeuvres or did you, get a, did you get a drink? You just walked in, didn't you? I, um, I don't have a, like a digestive tract. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. It's that's right. a lot of people. It's fine. It, it, it's all right. I, you know, I've met I've met a few who just eat for just the just the fun of it, the habit. Just it's it's an old habit. So I I didn't know if you were one of those skeletons. No, no, not me. I'm you know um, old fashioned. Nursey, give me actually both world history checks for me because you okay. two are both members of sort of the Yogite society. You might be familiar with each other. I think mm -hmm. you especially might be familiar with Ernst. I don't know how, history? how famous you are. History. Oh, dude, I got an eight. Um, that's a modified mod twenty. 20 right. Uh, it's a 14. Are you, this question for you, Narsene, are you like an important person in Yogg society or are you like more in the background? Like how, how famous do you think your character would I be? I think she's pretty well known. Okay. I think because, yeah, she came from a noble house yeah. and then kind of left them but then became, to, in her pursuit of kind of absolute terrifying power, power. <laughs> she became this kind of known woman that pursues absolute yes, power. Yes, right, known for being ruthless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, great. So you would definitely be familiar with each other, I think. You both rolled yeah. well enough. Do you want to maybe give like a quick spark notes, like this is what you would know me for, um, oh. for her? If you, I mean, especially if she's very concerned with fashion and how she looks. Yeah, you, There's you, impossible that you could live in Yagath and not have heard of this individual, yeah, and probably you, vice versa. You, you would know me for my, um, uh, my very successful line of clothes. Um, uh, think like Yves Saint Laurent, but like it, it, very perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Excellent. Excellent work. But just like a profoundly evil, deathless version. Most of the clothes I design are for the undead and this and skeletons. That's kind of what I specialize mm -hmm. in. But um, uh, yeah, you, you'd probably heard of me. And I, I think as we kind of like Oh, it's you! Yeah. You know the, oh. the masquerade. You know it could be anybody, right? I'm like, oh, nice work with the the tiefling. That was hilarious. <laughs> you know what? It just goes to show. Uh, take my food, and I am. Uh, I get very hangry, so um, not very fun. Are we shouting this? But on, yeah. on either side of <laughs> a dragon. Well, like, so the, dra the dragon's behind you, but there is like in the middle of the room is this cauldron like boiling black ichor that's like hissing, <laughs> <laughs> and you see skulls in it. But you're like yeah. having this pleasant conversation. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's not like this is the norm. Right. 
it. Um, so what would he know about you, Narsene? He would know that she just manipulates people. Right. I'm just a master manipulator uh, who people either serve me or I make them. Uh, and and you know this and stuff. So and I kept my distance. I, I, I just think. get my way. That's right. <laughs> In Anyog society, that's that's a positive trait. Like it was like, oh, have you heard how brutal she is? Like they love that about you. That's kind of why you have this cause to live. Let's real quick address the dra literal dragon in the room. <laughs> uh, there is a huge dragon in here with you guys. What? Once you realize you are not in the middle of your meal, mm -hmm. and you're not flying anymore, and you're here with all these puny mortals, how do you react? I think she would huff. Sure. Like, just blow <laughs> air out of her nose, like, what the heck? Uh, probably be shifting a bit, because this is not a normal situation for her to be enclosed in this Definitely. type of a situation. Do you think that she's been summoned like this before? Or no, I feel like this, this is maybe her, her first time. time. Okay, so probably pretty dis disoriented. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, but there's immediately jovial conversation <laughs> going on as if this is normal, which she's also probably fairly uncomfortable with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dragon Society is not exactly one where you talk about appetizers. Yeah, no. <laughs> so you're kind of shifting your uncomfortable. I think eventually she would calm down a little bit and fold her wings in and be like, okay, we'll ride this out. Okay, yeah, great. But there is like, as you guys are having your little How's it going? conference, yeah. there is this looming presence at all times. This dragon might just lose it and you're not sure. As you're discussing, there suddenly comes another sort of burst of uh, green fire coming from the throne. And a figure sort of appears in this gout of soot. If you were expecting the traditional vessel, the sort of withered old husk, that is not what appears before you. A big shock to anyone who's been here before, but instead, in place of that vessel, unshackled, is a short elven girl. Sort of long blonde hair that falls down in ringlets on her shoulders. She's wearing like a Sansa Stark, evil fucking dress. Like just the evil, it's like, this exudes malice. You can see kind of like bone ridges in it or something when she moves, but she's maybe like five years old. Just utterly like black and green, no pupils, but just black and green irises that kind of swirl. And she's sitting there full of power and dominion with this just ex blank expression that tells you that you're her property. She owns you. And she just sort of sits there and looks up and when she starts to speak, you notice two things. Her forehead is bare and kind of the hair is parted to the side so you can see it. Whenever she opens her mouth, you see sort of a green flash of the yog symbol. And when she speaks, her like her first voice is her what sounds like the voice of a normal elven girl. And then underneath that is this dark, subterranean, twisted weight. Like this, this voice that belongs to a thousand screaming demons, right? All underneath. And she says, there is a watchtower. It protects the harbor to a capital city. You will conquer that watchtower and kill all who defend it. All Hail Yogg is an Experience Points production. It was directed and dungeon mastered by Timothy J. Meyer. Eric is played by Paul Vanosik, at Paul Vanosik on Twitter. Ernst was played by Alan Walton, at Alan BW on Instagram. Narsene is played by Emily Rose Jacobson, at frankly underscore Emily on Twitter. Skura is played by Megan Captain, at II underscore Captain on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the show on Twitter at XP Web Series. Our audio engineer was Tim Alvarez.
The game was played using the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition rule set, as owned by Wizards of the Coast. The main titles are A Night on Bald Mountain by Modest Mazorski, performed by the Skidmore College Orchestra. Additional music includes The Dante Symphony by Franz Liszt, performed by the Berlin Philharmonic. The Scythian Suite by Sergei Prokoviev, performed by the Ukrainian State Symphony Orchestra. Dance Macabre by Camille Sansans, performed by the National Philharmonic Orchestra. Waltz from Masquerade by Aram Kachaturian, performed by the St. Petersburg State Symphony Orchestra. Uranus by Gustav Holtz, performed by the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra. We claim no rights on any music used. Thanks for listening, and yog before all.